we got the announcement thing working, and so I just wanted to leave it up here. Remember, next week is Fellowship Sunday, chili cook-off, and uh, I don't. you've probably seen most of this, but I just want you to see everything. There you go. We're going to have ladies' choir practice tonight, so ladies, if you want to sing with the choir, please let us know, and uh, you'll, we'll know when you'll be sitting back here after the evening service, okay? And so... Uh, Please do come for that. Go ahead and click it again. There we go. Click it again. They, you're here. You know what time it is. <laughs> you have to click it like five times. There you go. And then I just put that verse up there to give you something to look at there. But anyhow, uh, hopefully you've seen that already, but let me encourage you. We're going to keep that running before the services, so get in here maybe a little early and look at some of that for our announcements and everything. All right, we're going to sing out of the blue hymnal, number 484. 484. Glad to be in the Lord's house today. Amen. I am 484.
Yes, Father, thank you that we can have that Yes, Father, thank you. Amen. Please do be seated. Well, again, it is good to be in the Lord's house. Just a couple of announcements. Is uh, Do remember that uh, next Sunday is uh, October 29th, and uh, we're going to be having a fellowship Sunday, chili cook-off. And, uh, and uh, all right, just because i got to know, how many of y'all like chili? Oh, okay, we're good. Uh, I will say this, there was a request for mild chili for some people, but uh, you can make as hot as you want for me, and I'll watch you eat it. But anyhow, <laughs> we got a new recipe yesterday for some cornbread, so I'm kind of excited about that. So let's do uh, be in uh, prayer for that. Be in prayer for uh, Brother uh, Hastings is going to be with us on November the 5th. And I'm looking forward to that. Just going to have a, a special day, have a, a, a different preacher, a different voice to hear it in a different way. And, and I think you're going to like him. He's somebody I've wanted to have here for a very long time. And so I just uh, be in prayer for him and uh, just pray there'll be a good time of fellowship there. And then uh, be in prayer for Brother Jimmy. He'll be preaching for you all Wednesday, uh, this, this Wednesday night. And uh, you always look down, you get the blank stare. You're always like, oh, no. But uh, do be a prayer for him. Just pray that uh, the Lord would use him. I'm going to be up in Nobnoster preaching a missions conference. And so uh, if you would uh, be in prayer for me for that, I'd appreciate it. Um, uh, and then you saw, when's the uh, fellowship for the youth again? I have it up here, and it'll rotate around. But November the 10th. November the 10th. And so please do remember that at the Fellwalk Farm there. All right, we're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings if our men will come. Let's do be in prayer for our hunters. Be in prayer for Israel, and uh, we do have a number of folks traveling, so let's remember them in our prayer. Uh, Brother Wade, if you would, ask the Lord's blessing on their offering, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you once again for giving us the opportunity to be in your house today to hear your word, Lord. Lord, we just want to thank you for the beautiful weather and the beautiful scenery that comes with fall, Lord. Yes. Lord, like Pastor said, just be with all the hunters as the hunting season is upon us, Lord. Lord, we uh, pray for Israel, Lord, and just the devastation that's going on over there, Lord. And, yes. Um, Pray for all the hostages and all the soldiers, Lord. And just pray for America and our leaders and our soldiers as well, Lord. Lord, just want to be with all those who are sick, Lord, and traveling. And Lord, just ask that you be with Pastor as he delivers his message. Yes, Lord. And we pray for us. Amen.
say this also, we started last week um, working with the youth choir, and uh, uh, I knew that a lot of them were going to be gone today, and so we're going to have a ladies' practice after the evening service, and so any ladies wanting to sing in the, in the uh, ladies' choir, uh, we would love to have you come tonight, and uh, we've already got a song picked out. It's time to start working on Christmas, so we're already working on Christmas program type stuff, and... Uh, and so I appreciate your prayers and just uh, pray for wisdom, and, and we're trying to get all that uh, taken and worked out. I will say this, if you have a, a special or anything you'd like to do, please do let me know, because we'd uh, sure love to start incorporating that into the services. And so uh, anyhow, please, ladies, please pray about it, and then uh, be faithful to be here tonight after the evening service. We're going to sing number 148, 148. So if you go there, 
Exodus chapter 12, you, you know that uh, we've gone through nine of the ten plagues. We're getting ready to have the tenth plague. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, Pharaoh has uh, thrown Moses out. He said he'd never see his face again, and uh, Moses said, you are right. Uh, having said that, if he'd understood what he said, he might have called him back. Uh, but the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth month of this, tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And by the way, you're going you're gonna to want to notice the tenth day, the fourteenth day, and the 17th day, okay? And so right there on the 10th day, everybody was to take a lamb. The Bible says, And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out of the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Everybody was to take and to celebrate this at the same time. Okay, they were all to kill it in the evening. You all see that? And the Bible says, uh, uh, And you shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and the upper door posts of the houses wherein you shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire his head and his legs with the uh, pertinence thereof, and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste, it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Meaning if he didn't dot any I's or cross any T's, they're all going to know who God is by the end of this. Okay. And the Bible says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege to sing your praises here this morning, to assemble together. We thank you for the health that we enjoy, the safety that we enjoy, and the freedom that we enjoy today. Thank you for those who have given this. We know that ultimately everything comes from you. But Father, we pray for those who might not have this today. We pray for those in our missionaries who, who might have to hide to even preach the gospel. Father, we pray for uh, those who are warring even today in Israel. Father, we just uh, pray, Lord, that you give victory, help your name to be known, help people to be drawn to you. And, Father, I pray for the salvation of souls because of this conflict. And, Father, be with those who are apart from us. Keep them safe. Draw them in and let your will be done. Father, we love you and we thank you now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, in this passage of Scripture right here, they're preparing for the Passover. And in preparing for the Passover, a number of things have to be done, okay? One of the things is very interesting. Today, if they do a Passover, today, the Jews, they call them a Seder. Uh, anybody ever seen a Seder? 
Have you seen a Seder? And to be honest with you, it's all about the dinner table. It's about a plate. You have a, a I think you even have a chicken leg on it. Uh, you have bitter herbs. You have a, a, an egg, if I remember right. Different things on there. And please take it the right way. They're all symbolic for something that is not what God commanded them to do. If you will, the whole purpose behind this was to take and to select a lamb and to take and to, if you will, execute it, if you will, to make it a sacrifice. And then to take and to apply the blood. And the Bible says when you apply the blood, it became a token. Uh, anybody know what a token is? A, a token, uh, today, we, we use a, the word different, but a token is for a sign or for a symbol. And if you will, the, the Bible is saying you put on the blood on the door for a token. Well, what's that mean? Do we have a token salvation? No, no. It means it's a sign of something. Well, what is the blood? It's a sign or a symbol, if you will, of the acceptable sacrifice and, if you will, the faith to have it applied. Can I just tell you this? For by grace are you saved through? Faith. faith. And even then, he says, listen, that blood isn't going to save you. Listen, God's going to save us. Jesus is going to save us. Amen? If you will. But he said, listen, it's a sign or it's a token. I have the faith to do what God told me, to get the acceptable sacrifice, to apply it the way God told me to do it, and I have the obedience and the faith. By the way, faith and obedience go hand in hand, do they not? Faith and obedience go hand in hand. And so it'll be a token unto you that you have taken and followed me and done what I asked you to do. You know, as they're preparing for the Passover, a number of things are getting ready to change in their lives. You know, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, old things will pass away, and behold, all things will become new. And I want you to know everything about their life is getting ready to change. Where they lived, where they worked, who they worked for, how, how they were blessed, or how they were persecuted, if you will. The difference between they're going from persecution to blessing. And, uh, and, and, and so their whole world was getting ready to change. You know, the first thing that changed is very interesting. Look at verse 1. What's the very first thing that changed? The Bible says in chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year. What's the last two words there? To you. And so what he's saying is, is, is I'm going to alter the calendar. I'm going to change the calendar. And so from now on, instead of this being the seventh month, this is going to be the first month of the year for you. And, and so in a sense, it's kind of like, uh, today it would be like instead of the first day of the uh, first month being January, the first month would be uh, uh, July, I think, July or August. Uh, uh, and, and so, if you will, uh, moving the whole calendar that way and say that's when we're going to celebrate New Year's from now on. Why? Well, listen, this was the day when they're going to be born as a nation. They're going to be delivered from Egypt. They're going to be delivered from bondage. They're going to be delivered from sin. How many of you all think they might want to take and memorialize that? Amen? And so, if you will, God changed the calendar. When do people change calendars? Uh, you, you might think, well, this is just a minor point. No, to be quite honest with you, I think it's a major point. You know why? Because for one thing, God put it in there. If it was an unimportant detail, it wouldn't be in there. Amen. Now, I want you to think, how many times do you know of from the Bible? Think about it. Think about it. How many times has God changed the, has changed the calendar in the Bible? And if you will, I'll walk you through it. But just as, you, as you're thinking right now, try to think how many times God has changed the calendar, if you will, in the Bible. And the very first time literally was with Noah's flood. 
He changed the calendar, and today there's a demarcation in our calendars and if, if, when we look back in history. And we have at Noah's flood, you have what's called antediluvian and postdiluvian. Now, those are very fancy words for before the flood and after the flood. How many of you all know the world is completely changed after the flood? We can't even imagine what the world was like before the flood. We think about how it might have had a perfect atmosphere and how it might have been lush and, and fruitful. And listen, you can only imagine what it what would have been like. Uh, listen, if it took two men to carry one thing of grapes out of the land of Eskal, the promised land, can you imagine what grapes looked like before the flood? By the way, can you imagine what human beings look like? I, I think I've told some of y'all, I personally believe this, you, you can believe it or not, but they, they literally have skeletons of 18-foot-tall people, okay? I'm, I'm just telling you, they have human beings that, now, nobody here lately. <laughs> y'all don't believe me. How many of y'all have ever seen an 18-foot skull? Uh, not skull, that would be a big skull. <laughs> an 18-foot-tall skeleton. Anybody ever seen a picture of it? Uh, okay, well, my wife has, that's good. <laughs> She's living in my house, she's going to see it. <laughs> okay, uh, and, and you have, that's good, that's interesting. Uh, by the way, that 18-foot-tall human being was a woman, okay? I personally believe that it's possible human beings were up to 25 feet tall uh, before the flood. Uh, how do I know that? How, how many of y'all have ever seen lizards? Anybody know the biggest lizard today, how big it is? Well, I would say the biggest lizard today might go from that wall to here. Okay, biggest like, crocodile, alligator, uh, Gila monster, whatever you want to say the biggest, biggest thing is today. I don't, I don't know, but I, I would say this. How many of y'all know there's bigger lizards? Amen. Dinosaur, terrible lizard. That's what the word means, okay? And so if you will, I believe that the dinosaurs were before that. And so it was lush and it was a perfect environment. And all of that took place before the flood. And folks, everything that you see today is after the flood. The calendar changed. Times changed. Dif there was a difference made. By the way, was an act of faith involved or necessary when everything changed? Think about this. Everything before the flood died. And only the ones that got on the ark, okay, lived. Now, lest you think this is a minor point, it's not. I'm going to show you here in a second. Because I want you to see the day the ark landed safely after the flood. It's an important day. Go, if you will, to Genesis chapter 8. Look at verse 4. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 4. How did they get to the other side? They got there on an ark. Again, I, I ask this question, does God put any non-important details in your Bible? And the answer is no. God always has a purpose or a reason. He tells us the exact day that they get out of the ark. Okay? Now help me. How many of y'all think they were glad to get out of that ark? <laughs> for a lot of reasons, okay, for a lot of reasons. But the one reason is this, is that they had passed over, they had lived, they had survived. Okay, well, any of y'all want to go to heaven? When is your real life going to begin? Come on. When you get to heaven, amen. Genesis chapter 8 and verse... Uh, Verse 4, the Bible says this, And the ark rested in the seventh month and the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. The ark rested when? Come on. 
seventh month and the what day of the month? Hmm. I kind of give you a little hint here a second ago. But uh, guys, the important dates on the Exodus was the 10th day, the 14th day, and the 17th day. The 10th day was the day that the Lamb was selected. By the way, Jesus, when he presented himself to Israel, when, when he was on the, the, the ass, the foal of an ass, and they, they began to throw the branches down, they said, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. They, they were crying out praises unto God because their Messiah had come. Amen. The acceptable sacrifice was presented. And we'll see, he was found acceptable. Amen. The only problem, then he was crucified. Amen. On the 14th day, we'll see. And how many of y'all are good at math? How many days is three days after the 14th day? 17th day. I'm not trying to be clever here, folks. I'm trying to make a point. Folks, when God says he knows the end from the beginning, he knows the end from the beginning. And he can name to the day, well, folks, I think we know this, he can name to the instant when something's going to happen. And, folks, there is absolutely no coincidence in the fact that they got off of that ark on the seventh month and on the 17th day. And folks, it was like they had been born again, if you will, in a sense that they had gone from death unto life. And they got off of that ark on the day that Jesus Christ came out of the tomb. That's what it says. You say, well, wait a minute. It says the seventh day of the month. It sure does. But you all remember what it said? He said, this is the new first month of the year. And folks, it was the seventh month. It was the seventh month. So the whole point is this. They took and they changed the calendar, if you will, to what, was, uh, what is known as, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, the, sac- the, the sacred calendar. Okay, the sacred calendar. And so uh, how many of you all know when Easter is? When's Easter? <laughs> When's Easter? You may know. It's in April. Okay. It's in April. What day? What day? I'm making a point here. There's a reason why you guys don't know when Easter is. We don't set the day. Okay. Technically, you know who does set the day for Easter? The Catholic Church. They're the ones that take and set the day. But it's based on, if you will, the Jewish calendar with the 10th day, 14th day, and the 17th day. The only problem is, is they have a 360-day calendar, and we have a 365-day calendar, and that's why Easter is always moving. You guys understand that? That's why Easter is always moving, okay? And the whole point is this. They have a sacred calendar that they keep to this day. They're the ones that tell us these things, okay? Why? Because these things are still in effect, okay? We still follow this calendar. And so the calendar was altered. It was altered at the time of Noah. It's altered here with Israel and deliverance from Egypt. And the calendar moved forward seven months, and it became, like I said, their sacred calendar. And the tenth day they would select the sacrifice. The fourteenth day he would be sacrificed. And the seventeenth day was the day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Amen. And so, if you will, it's a wonderful picture, if you will, of the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I ask you a question? Has the calendar ever changed since then? It's an important question. Has it, when, did the, when, did, when did the calendar change again? Well, folks, it changed in the time of Jesus Christ. Amen. When Jesus Christ was born, it went from before Christ 
to in the year of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I'm not going to bore you with details on that. But the whole point is this, is folks, when Jesus Christ came, he split time. And in a sense, there's a good reason for that. Why? Because we talk about it all the time. When, when people before Jesus came looked unto the promises that he was going to come. Amen? But then when we come on this side of it, we take and we look back on what Jesus Christ has done. Amen? Before Christ, after Christ. Before Christ, in the year of our Lord. Amen? By the way, you can tell if the devil hates something with how hard he attacks it. Because kids today aren't taught B.C. and A.D. Today they're caught, taught B.C.E. before the Christian era. And then C.E. is the, uh, what do they call it? It's not Christian era, it's a common era. It's not even Christian era, it's common era. Before the common era, by the way, which is nonsense. Because what, what divided those things? I'll tell you what it divided it. Jesus Christ did. Amen. So you can deny things all you want, but people know. And, and so, if you will, Noah changed time. Israel changed time. Jesus changed time. Can I ask you a question? Has there ever been a time in your life where time was changed? Listen to me now. I know we're tired, but listen to me. I hope there has been a time. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a old things are passed away. And all things. Come on now. All things. I become new. Please take this the right way, but, but that's who I used to be, and this is who I am and who I am becoming. Praise God. Take this the right way. I, and I, I've confessed this to you before I, before I got saved. I was a drinker, and uh, after I got saved, that was one of the temptations people would put in front of my face. They would take alcohol and they'd put it under my nose. I said, you want this, you want this, you want this. And I was like, no, I don't. Why? And I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't lecture him. I said, well, that's who I used to be. Can I just tell you this? I hope you got a statement like that in your life. That's who I used to be, okay? I, before, that's who I was before I met Christ, before he saved my soul, before I became a Christian, amen? And I want you to know, if you will, that it's important that your calendar is altered. He's done it at least four times in, in, in our lives, amen, that we can take and, and understand. Noah and Israel, Jesus, and then the born-again believer. Now notice, if you will, go back uh, to our text in, in Exodus chapter 12. And look, if you will, at verse 3. Because the next thing that we see when we're preparing for the sacrifice or the Passover you had to take and you had to personally approve the sacrifice, okay? Now, God made it abundantly clear what he wanted you to bring for a sacrifice. In verse 3, the Bible says this. It says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Now, help me. What were they doing for those four days? Because they didn't sacrifice that lamb for four days. They took it up on the tenth day, okay? And to be quite honest with you, you, you would know better than me, but they would, they would like, like you do at the, at the lamb shows, somebody's going to come and inspect it, okay? And you guys know this. How many of y'all, I mean, I know you showed lambs. Any of y'all ever shown livestock, dogs, anything like that? Yeah. The, the thing that's interesting about it is those judges, they're looking for defects, 
okay? Because the whole idea is to have healthy stock breeding material, okay? And so they're looking for defects. They're looking for anything that they can say, no, this dog is not qualified to take in the wind. Why? Or, or animal or sheep or horse or we did cows. I've already told you this. Anybody here ever blow dried a, a cow? I mean, <laughs> I was a cow beautician for a while. Amen. <laughs> The whole point is this, is they were looking for defects. You know what Jesus did when he came down and announced that he was that king that they were looking for, that son of David? Everybody began inspecting him. And they came and they said, never man spake like this man. And, and then they came and said, if we leave him thus alone, all men are going to believe on him. Come on now, Amen. Uh, and, and then, of course, he, he raised Lazarus from the dead, and they said, this man has to die. And so they took and they inspected, and they inspected him, and they looked at him, and they could find no fault, so they invented fault in him. Amen? And, and, and folks, if you will, for four days, they would just inspect that lamb to make sure that it was perfect, it was, it was fully healthy, and it was an acceptable sacrifice. Why? Because, folks, listen to me, Jesus had to be a perfect sacrifice. Not just morally, but folks, even to the point, folks, he couldn't have blemishes on him, okay? It's a picture of the high priest. He, he couldn't have blemishes on him, and he couldn't have a broken bone. You remember when he was on the cross, they went to break the legs, and they said, don't break his legs. He's dead. By the way, that's fulfilling prophecy. And if you will, they, they took and they said, inspect the lamb. Huh. Please forgive me. You ever seen a biased judge? <laughs> I knew that would hit home there. <laughs> you guys ever seen a biased judge? You know what a biased judge is trying to do? A biased judge is trying to disqualify your... so that they could win somehow personally. I was trying to think of somebody who judged Jesus who was biased against him. And folks, the Bible says that the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, they brought Jesus to a guy named Pontius Pilate. And they essentially said this, if you want to keep the peace, execute him. Y'all understand? You know how he kept his job? By keeping the peace. And he took and he, he examined him and he asked him questions and he, and he took and, 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 and he did all that he could. He says, uh, they say that you're a sinner and he, he wouldn't answer him. And they, and, and they say that you're a king and he says, thou sayest it. Amen. And he took and he, he, he did all that he could to find him guilty. And four times in the New Testament, Pontius Pilate, a man motivated to find flaw in Jesus, motivated, said, I find no fault in him at all. All. You know what he's, he's, he's saying this. I really wanted to find him guilty. As a matter of fact, when he finally let them have their way because he was motivated, you remember how he handled it? I'm innocent of the, I, 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 I'm not guilty of the blood of this innocent man. Folks, he couldn't have made it more clear. Everybody's inspected Jesus and there's not a flaw in him. Amen. It's important. It's vital. Don't you suppose Jesus could have committed sin? No, I don't suppose that at all. Why? Because he would have been an unacceptable sacrifice. And folks, the Bible says that the Father found him acceptable. 
Praise God. Amen. We see when you prepare for the Passover, you've got to prepare for an altered calendar. You've got to prepare for an approved sacrifice. And then you've got to prepare for the administration of the elements. Meaning what? The blood has to be applied. Folks, listen to me now. Jesus died for your sins. That doesn't mean you're going to heaven. I'm going to say that again and let it sink in. Jesus died for your sins. That does not mean you're going to heaven. Why? Because those that are going to heaven had to shed the blood. By the way, who's responsible for the sins that were laid on Jesus on the cross? I am. I am. And I will promise you this, that unless you're willing to say, the Jews didn't kill him, the Romans didn't kill him, my sin killed him, and he allowed himself to be put on that cross. Nobody could have put him there, and nobody could have taken him off. <laughs> Why? Because that's what he lived for, was to make an intercession, to make an atonement for us so that we might go free. But folks, they could take, and, and, and by the way, there's so many aspects to this. There was enough for everybody. They said, make sure that you have a, enough lamb for everybody in the house. And if you got too much, get the house next to you. But make sure that there's enough for everybody. We don't want any of it wasted. And then they applied the blood. Amen. And you know the wonderful thing about it? If they truly understood what was going on, everybody in that house could have slept tight that night if they were going to get to sleep. <laughs> now, they didn't get to sleep. Why? Because, folks, as soon as it got dark, God said, this night, come on, this night, I'm going to pass through. And if I don't see the blood, amen? And all it is is a token, but it's a token of the faith of those in that house. Amen? That they had applied the blood. Folks, listen to me. Jesus Christ can die for the sins of the world but if you don't accept the payment for your sins, it doesn't work. Please listen to me. I say this lovingly. But there would be nothing worse in the world than for a person to know that Jesus died for them. Been in church, heard that message who knows how many times, and said, Well, I'm all right. I'm all right. Somebody posted this today. I don't think it was anybody here. But somebody posted this today. And I've said this before, but, but the thief on the cross sure does get rid of a lot of bad theology. He could do no good works. He could not be baptized. Come on. And they listed a whole bunch of other things. You know all that he could do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I tell you this? He knew when he got saved. Lord, remember me. You'll be in heaven with me today. Or paradise with me today. Amen. He had a sure salvation. He had a no-so salvation. He knew on whom he had believed. Amen. And, and by the way, meditate on this for a second. It had only been moments before that he had been railing against Jesus. And somehow he got a mind around the fact there's never man spake like this man. <laughs> part of the inspection process you know there's there's nobody like jesus 
So please don't tell me when you joined the church, and please don't tell me you got raised in a Christian home, and please don't tell me that you've just always been a Christian. Because you've got to apply the blood. How do you prepare for the Passover? Well, I mean, it, it alters the calendar, and it's got to be an approved sacrifice, and it's got to be administered the proper way. You've got to apply the blood. And then you've got to think about the awful consequence, if you will. Look at verse 12. Next is chapter 12 and verse 12. The Bible says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt. Now, folks, that's what happened in Egypt. But the Bible says it this way for us today, is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. We talked about it Wednesday night. There's three judgments still going to happen. There's the, there's the judgment of the nations at the end of the tribulation. We talked about that. It's called the sheep and the goat judgment. We talked about that, and, 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 and we're not talking about that judgment. And we're not talking about the judgment seat of Christ where you get your rewards for being faithful and, 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 and believing on God and, and, and your service for the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. Folks, that's the one we're talking about now. At least for lost people, for saved people, there is that judgment. Okay. It's appointed a man once to die, and after this is judgment. If you know Christ, judgment seat of Christ. But folks, listen to me. If you don't know Christ, i got to ask this, and I... This is an easy question, but how many of y'all know somebody that still hasn't trusted Christ that you have a burden for? And folks, we know this. Jesus could come today. It's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. What's he going to judge? The Bible tells us. Revelation 21 Your name's not in here. By the way, it would be another message for another day, but it was in there. But because of your lack of faith, the Bible says he had to blot it out. He had to erase it. And Folks, when God says he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. How many of y'all know he waited to the last moment to erase that name? Amen. We can't even imagine how awful that night must have been. Can you imagine the weeping and the wailing and the screaming? And I'm not trying to work on your emotions. I'm just asking you to imagine. Okay? said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Amen? There's not a righteous person in this room. There's not a person in this room that deserves to go to heaven. But God says, if you'll take my sacrifice and apply it, I'll give you everlasting life. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. This day shall thou be with me in paradise. Amen? When did you get saved? I got saved the day that I could answer that question with confidence. I know in whom I believed. 
I'm trusting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Not my works of righteousness. Not because I was born in America. Not because I got taken to church. I'm going to heaven because I, I know in whom I believe. I, I'm trusting Jesus. I'm not trusting me. I'm not trusting the pastor. I'm not trusting my church. Amen? I'm going to apply that blood. You guys ever hear musicians? Every once in a while you go to a concert and you hear them go, plink, 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 ding, 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 tuning up, you know? You ever heard a trumpet tune? Just, you know, whatever. How many of y'all know that when that happens, the concert's about to begin? Amen? The Bible says when you see these things beginning to happen, look up. For your redemption draweth nigh. And folks, you got to be living like this to not know that God's warming up, man. Amen? I can't imagine what it was like in Egypt when they had been told what was going to happen. They were told to prepare. And some of them could sit there, and it was still going to be an awful night, but at least they could sit there confident we did everything God told us to do. Here's the token. Here's the token. Amen. Friend, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And I don't care if you were raised in this church. If you know you're not saved, today's the day you get saved. Amen. And folks, maybe, just maybe, this is the time for us to get serious about telling people Jesus is coming. Don't you know when Moses told them what to do, they went running, do this, right? Why? Because they knew how serious God was. God's not playing with this. Amen. Would to God we could learn from this. Let's all stand if you would.